All right, Darren, episode three of the Always Loyal podcast. What's coming up on this episode? Hi, Jordan. Coming up, we're going to speak with a former English football player who now runs a United States Soccer League. That's right. The president of the United Soccer League is going to join the Always Loyal podcast today. Hey, this is Stephanie Colonia, director of ticket sales here at the San Diego Loyal Soccer Club, and you're listening to the Always Loyal podcast. 2022 tickets are on sale now, so give me a call at 858-465-4625 or visit sdloyal.com to buy your tickets today. All right, Darren, really looking forward to this podcast. We have not had the opportunity to talk with Jake Edwards. I know he's been out to San Diego before. He was here for the very first match ever at Torero Stadium when we hosted Las Vegas. Uh, So he's been to town before, uh, but he's in charge of 27 clubs. He's in charge of the leagues below USL championship as well. So he has a lot of responsibility. And as you mentioned, he grew up in Manchester, a former striker who has quite the the playing career. If you look at his resume on Wikipedia or wherever you may find it, it's, it's quite the list. I love it too. He even dabbled in the USL back in 2005. Imagine what the league looked like way back then. You know, here's somebody who also, I think it's an interesting person to be running the USL from the championship league one, everything in between some of the growth opportunities that this league has presented. Cause here's somebody who truly understands what second division soccer is all about lower division soccer and why it's important, right? You and I still to this day, people will go, yeah, you know, I, I you know, I, I, you know, I just want to see what's happening, what's happening in major league soccer, but with the U S open cup out there on the horizon and seeing the draw here recently, since last time we podcasted somebody who's running the USL, somebody who's openly talked about promotion relegation. This is going to be a good conversation about all of that. The things that we've learned about us soccer culture since Jake Edwards has been the president of the USL since 2015, like this, this, will be a very informative conversation about where we are as a league and certainly where we're going over the next five years, given that we're in a World Cup cycle and the World Cup is coming to North America. Yeah, he has had an impact on the last 10 years, nearly the last 10 years of USL championship, and he's going to have an impact going forward. So we we want to talk about a lot of different things with Jake Edwards. We want to talk about, from a league's perspective, what does an ideal stadium situation look like in all these markets? Is promotion relegation something that can actually happen in this league? And... Where do they stand with it? And what's the next step if they're going to go down this road? What's the next step for them to do that? Also, MLS Next Pro, that's starting up. And that means a couple clubs are leaving USL Championship starting in 2023. If at all, does that impact USL Championship? Um, We're going to talk about that with Jake Edwards. And it's something where he's responsible for a lot of moving pieces, but he's also has this responsibility to kind of just let each market and each club be themselves and let them do what they want to do in their markets. And then of course, Darren, as we do best, we'll, we'll hit them with some rapid fire questions to finish. Yes, of course. I'd, I'd love to know who Jake thinks might be the most fashionable manager out there in the USL, or at least how he would define that. What makes a proper football manager, how one dresses out there in the technical area. All right. All that coming up next, Jake Edwards joins the always loyal podcast after this. (laughs) 
So uh, a little bit earlier, we were joking about the stresses of being a dad and the wrinkles and gray hairs that come along with being a parent. I can't imagine what it's like being a parent to 27 USL clubs. And on top of that, additional clubs with leagues that go even deeper than USL championship. Uh, he has limited time, but he does have time for the always loyal podcast. And we really appreciate that. He is the president of USL championship. He is Jake Edwards and he joins us on the always loyal podcast. What is that like? Actually, let me ask it this way. Being the dad of 27 plus children, Jake, what child is San Diego loyal? Are they the, the child that you can trust to babysit the other kids? Are they the squeaky wheel gets the grease type of kid? Are they the too cool for school type of kid? What kind of child is San Diego loyal in this family? San Diego, well, first of all, I love all my children equally. Right. I'll stop with that, you know. And, uh, and San Diego are um, they're kind of like the child that raises itself. You know, they just kind of know what they're doing. They get on. There's no hassles. Uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great, uh, it's, uh, there's no problems, no issues. That, that is a fantastic answer. And I'm sure San Diego Loyal loves hearing it. Uh, this must be a wild time of the year for you. We're about preseason matches are underway. What is this time of the year like for the president of USL Championship? Well, it's an exciting time, right? You've come out of um, a, a little bit of downtime over the winter after a busy sort of end of the year. Uh, we get a little bit of downtime, then it's full steam ahead. So um, you've got the teams now. Uh, back in training camp, you've got preseason games underway. We are making sure that the uh, new expansion clubs are um, where they need to be and, and ready to kick off. We are registering all the players and going through all the, the sort of back end processes uh, to make sure we're ready. Um, and then uh, a lot of it is always, you know, two or three seasons ahead, right? So you've got the immediacy of this season and making sure we're ready to launch and all the pieces are in place, but you're also always thinking about, you know, uh, what we're doing over the next couple of years. We've got some, we'll probably talk about it today, but we're working on new media deals, uh, new uh, competition structure, uh, new expansion clubs that are coming in further down the road. And of course, uh, Women's Professional League uh, next year and the W League kicking off this year. So there's a lot of long, mid to long-term projects that continue to grow. Uh, we're growing uh, as well internally. And, and But really it's the, the most exciting part is now coming after a pretty difficult uh, last two seasons, we're back at it now, uh, back to where we where we need to be and ready to kick off. You came into this league a few years back, a little bit of playing experience, which we might get to a little bit later on in this conversation. Uh, I wonder what you've seen from your time as a vice president into the presidency. You know what you would identify as the you know the real areas of growth for the USL since since you've been involved with the league. Uh, yeah, it's uh, where do I begin? So, we, you know, I started in 2013 and we had 10 professional clubs at that time. Um, you know, we set about a 10 year uh, strategic roadmap uh, in terms of how we begin to take this league and this organization and turn it into um, a very recognizable and admired league or leagues throughout the world. And uh, there's a lot of hard work that's happened and we're, we're you know, it was certainly not a finished article. There's a lot of growth ahead. Um, but when I think about 10 teams, one or two of those teams were doing uh, pretty good numbers from a, an attendance point of view. Now, you know, almost 40 professional teams, two divisions, um, uh, you know, a, a tremendous supporter base. Uh, we've got real community-based clubs now that are very relevant in their communities, uh, that have strong support. Um, 
And, you know, we're embarking on some very exciting projects. You know, we've got nearly $2 billion invested in stadium development projects as we speak. That's a critical component to the maturity of this league that we start to build proper soccer stadiums that we can call our own. Uh, we've got international and domestic media exposure we've never had before. Um, so I, I think overall the story is the growth and the ability to bring professional football clubs into communities on, on a scale that we've never before seen in the US. And that initial touch point with the game that you have with your local club, uh, we've now been able to deliver that into so many communities and more to come. And I think the, you know, the thing I'm most proud of then is I know that is going to affect so many girls and boys who now can see professional football, can touch it and can be affected by it and can see that as a pathway to get in the game, uh, whatever the role is. And so uh, the growth story for me over the last, you know, eight, eight or so years, at least that I've been here and before that uh, is, is, is tremendous. And we've got a World Cup coming and we've got so much more to grow uh, between now and then. And that's, you know, obviously that was going to be the very next question. Was this being a World Cup year, especially with the World Cup coming to North America in 2026? I wonder how you see the USL riding that wave. This this stands to be a four or five year stretch of unprecedented opportunity for this sport in this country. Oh, it's huge. Um, as the 94 World Cup was sort of transformative for the sport in, 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 in that period of time, this is going to be very different because we have a... a a pretty impressive infrastructure already built. And when the World Cup and the eyes of the world are here, uh, and uh, we're seeing that already, you know, we've got a, a World Cup at the end of this year, we've got the Women's World Cup next year. You're going to have a lot of um, momentum with these events uh, in the years ahead, culminating in this uh, World Cup in this, in this region. Um, we are trying to make sure that we are best positioned, not just as the USL, but as a group of professional leagues uh, and, and all the stakeholders in football, um, uh, youth, amateur, professional, all need to be working together to make sure we can maximise the impact of the World Cup on our sport. It's not really just about the USL or just about MLS or any other organisation. We've got to work together to sort of maximise the benefit for the good of the sport. Uh, I think it will be have it will have transformative effects. We have uh, we're seeing that already a significant uh, amount of investment coming into the country, into the sport, into our clubs. We want to make sure that our clubs can not only feel part of that World Cup, uh, but can benefit from it. And we are making inroads now to, as you know, to further um, align ourselves and look and feel part of the global game and the global structure of the game. And I think the moves we're making will, will benefit our league and our clubs and our supporters when the World Cup gets here. The league is, it looks different than it did 10 years ago. There's no questioning that. I can go a bunch of different directions here, but I guess one of the branches I definitely want to hit is the stadium. From a league perspective, what are the most important qualities of stadiums for clubs in this league? And what are things that you guys pay attention to most? So for, for us, it's about, you know, being a, a fixture in the community, an important uh, community-based organization, first and foremost, and uh, you need a place to call home. You need a place that's familiar, that, that, that is the home of the team and, and, and the place where the supporters go and, um, you know, and, and express themselves and show their pride in their community. And they do that through the football club and in the stadium. So it's critical you're not um, just a tenant, really, uh, in, a, in a building that's designed for someone else, right? This needs to be your home. Uh, it's an important, obviously, from a um, the commercial success of the club and therefore the, the long-term sustainability of the club, that they have their own building, 
uh, that they are able to monetize that building in a number of different ways and reinvest that money back into the football club. Um, it's challenging if you don't have that opportunity to make sure these clubs are long-term sustainable. So it's critical for the economics of the club, but it's but more than that, it's what attracts better players to the club. When they can play in a professional environment, uh, not just the stadium, but the training complex where they work every single day, if those, those facilities have to be top-notch to attract better quality players. And then, of course, the match day experience, most of all, uh, needs to be correct right supporters need to go there and and be part of this amazing atmosphere proper sight lines and need to enjoy the enjoy the match day experience apologize if you can hear sirens behind me <laughs> There's a right everything okay yeah. <laughs> I, I was wondering I that was really really well answered and another part of my question there is we look ahead to the next 10 years because i know this is like you mentioned at the very beginning of this we're about to start a new season but really you guys are you're planning ahead multiple seasons uh in advance how does just how does mls um next pro I was trying to get the name right. How does that impact USL going forward? Because that impacts obviously certain clubs leaving in 2023 and they're the MLS affiliated clubs out here in San Diego. Like we know Las Vegas really well. Cause we play them a bunch early on um, Los Dos. We know pretty well. These are a few of the clubs that leave. How does that impact USL and how does that impact what the plan is for the next 10 years with the league? Yeah, I think it was, it's, it's something we've worked on for a few years now and it was right the time was right in terms of the evolution of the championship and the quality of the championship, the quality of play on the field, uh, the quality of the stadiums and the environments we're building and the, uh, the sort of size and scale of, of the businesses now in the USL um, and the ambition of the clubs, the players, the supporters and the owners, the ambition of the USL clubs um, and where they want to go with this league. Uh, that was in contrast, obviously, to a, a pure sort of player development model uh, from the MLS reserve team. So I think we just outgrew this partnership, and that's just uh, that's absolutely okay. Um, you know, the MLS uh, will need a landing place. They need to develop a reserve league and and give opportunities for their for their young players coming out of their academies and bridge the gap and try and and, and give them minutes. You know, and that's what they're trying to achieve. Um, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't affect us. We've got four two teams that will play with us this season. They will come out at the end of the at the end of this season, come out of the championship, and all of the teams that were in League One have come out uh, this season. Uh, so, um, having USL uh, comprise of uh, just the USL clubs uh, is is uh, is exciting. You know, it's a, it's a um, for the first time in quite a while now, it's a very different proposition, you know, for the league and all of the clubs uh, and and all the owners that sit in the room together thinking about where we can take this league and how big it can possibly be. So it's it's actually a, it's a very good development for us and very exciting in terms of where we can take this league moving forward now. Yeah, it seems like you would have aligned priorities, which is a really, really good thing. I, I wonder, I realize this is such a, a big picture question and probably difficult to answer here in a short amount of time. But, you know, Jake, I, I think one of the things that, that many of us, for those that are listening, you might know Jake Edwards is from Manchester, played internationally, played a lot of professional football in England. I wonder like, what you've learned about the U.S. soccer fan. Like, who is that person? I feel like at times there's a little bit of an identity. I don't know that it's an identity crisis, but, you know, there's, there's this desire to, uh, to emulate the European model. Then there's a lot of desire to emulate uh, South America or Mexican culture. You know, what, what have you learned about the U.S. soccer fan? What makes the U.S. soccer fan unique to the United States? 
Well, I think I've learned that there's no one um, way to be a soccer fan, right? There's no, it, it means different things to different people. Um, and we've been very conscious of the fact that it's not our place as a league office to determine what this league must look and feel like in every single market. And it's not our job to say what a fan experience with the sport and the relationship a fan has with his club. It's not our place to say what that should look and feel like uh, here. So we're not trying to say we need to be more like this set of fans in this country or, 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 or we need to look more like, you know, the UK or Europe or what have you. You know, our goal is to um, fit into the global game and be part of the structure of the global game. That's very different than trying to uh, tell fans you need to look and feel a certain way. What I, what we, what I, I can see the experience of the U.S. soccer fan uh, is um, there are parallels to to how fans around the world feel about their clubs, but there are also differences, and we've got to embrace that. You can see a very different experience in Madison, Wisconsin, than you see in Las Vegas, than you see in um, you know Louisville, than you see in San Diego. And, and uh, but at, at the core, what we see in the U.S. supporters is yes, they love the sport, but it's also a vehicle because they love their community, and it's a vehicle to show their sense of pride and passion in their community through the club in an environment with all their fellow members of the community and do that through a football game that is the global game that is a very inclusive game uh, and they can and they, and they can do that in a way perhaps they hadn't had that outlet before so for us it's about you know um it, it, we try to understand the supporters we try to um uh you know uh, think about how best to improve that experience and improve that relationship with their clubs and help the clubs do that um, but it is, it is, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, a unique experience that supporters have at their clubs, and it is different. I see it's quite different in all of the communities with some common, common threads, as, as I said. Um, if you if you go to a game here in the USL, it is, um, it's exciting and it's a bit of a festival atmosphere, and there's a there's a lot of enjoyment there, a lot of smiles on people's faces. Um, when you go to a game in England, um, it's a different relationship with the club and it's often quite a stressful experience. It's not a festival or an, it's not often an enjoyable 90 minutes. You can see people are very invested in the game in a way that's quite stressful and tense and there's a lot of teeth being clenched, you know, and what have you. <laughs> so you get a bit of that here, of course, but it's, it's, I like the fact that it's maybe more of a, um, you know, it's tribalism, it's emotion, it's emotion, it's passion, it's all of those things as well here. Uh, but it's also perhaps a bit more fun than it can be sometimes seen in, in the UK, for example, where it looks a bit more stressful. And then how do you see, uh, again, another question that could go on for hours, but how do you see promotion and relegation fitting into that conversation, right? The global game, as you just pointed out, that is, is what defines it, having an open system. You've spoken about this in the past. If I remember correctly, you were planning on speaking to your owners about it just to take the temperature of ownership to see how they felt. I wonder how you see that fitting into to where we are as a country in the U.S. I feel like there's a ton of supporters that want it, some maybe not so sure. Ownership obviously has control. Jake, I, I wonder you know, where you see that heading into 2022. Well, it's an ongoing conversation, uh, and it's, it's more than a conversation. It's an ongoing body of work. Um, I've uh, spent time with our owners over the last um, couple of seasons on this, and obviously we got a bit derailed with COVID and, and had to focus on 
on other things for a while. But, um, you know, I've said it publicly many times um, that it is uh, important for the USL to grow, to differentiate itself in this marketplace and to deliver what we know the vast majority of fans are looking for, which is alignment with the global game, being part of the norms of the structure of global football. And, and one, of, one, not the only thing, but one of the key tenets of that is a merit-based system um, uh, of promotion and relegation. So um, it has its ups and downs, no pun intended. Uh, so we are going through the, the work um, internally and with external um, support as well. And I have uh, had the conversation, of course, with all of the owners and, you know, we have to do the work and we have to present a report to the teams um, with all of the facets of what this would look like to evolve our league into a more globally focused set of leagues uh, and all the key provisions of that. And, you know, we intend to have that full report to the owners this year uh, and so they, we can start doing the work with the clubs to see, um, is this something they are supportive of? And then how do we phase all of these things in? It has its ups and downs. That is so well said. <laughs> Promotion relegation. It has its ups and downs. I, I love like it. That. It's really, really good. <laughs> um, let's, let's, uh, let's have some fun here to finish. We did this um, a couple episodes ago on the podcast, Jake. Some rapid fire questions. We did it with the owner of San Diego Loyal, Andrew Vasiliadis. You know him well. Um, we just threw a bunch of fun, quick questions his way. You willing to you willing to play along with us? Give it a go. All right, let's do it. Um, as a former player, would you rather win the league or would you rather win the FA Cup? Uh, win the league. Manchester is red or blue? It's red. <laughs> it's red. <laughs> How about this? I don't know if you can answer this, but I'm just going to ask it anyway. What's the most random thing the league finds clubs or players for like what's something like fans would be like, Oh, okay. I never really thought of that. Bad clothing on the sidelines for the coaches, bad clothing. How do you, how do you define bad clothing? <laughs> well, we have a, we have a fashion uh, uh, panel here that will evaluate the, <laughs> the coaches and, uh, and if it's not, if it's not up to par, they'll get a fine for that. Best dress manager then. Yeah. How does Landon grade out is what I want to know. But he does very well. I think he's not been fined yet. He's a very uh, he's uh, very well dressed coach. Yes, we have some obscure fines. We try not to, uh, you know, uh, find the clubs too much, but uh, occasionally you have to. I'm afraid. <laughs> so, like, what? Give me um, what's like a proper manager's ensemble. Like, what should they be wearing? Like, do je like if you're wearing jeans, do you get fined for that? How does it work? Yeah, I think if you look like you're ready to go to the nightclub, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's a, that'll be a fine. If you're in your tracksuit or your suit, yeah, that's that's what you need to be in. Yeah, you can't be looking like you're going out to the club straight after. What's the number one away trip? It, what What is the top of the bucket list for USL supporters? Where do they absolutely have to go and visit if they're going to go travel away from their home club? Oof, good question. Well, I think uh, I think on, on your side, it's, uh, I think you'll enjoy maybe Monterey, right? So that's a new team coming in. I think Monterey will be a fun, fun place to go. It's kind of a beautiful beaches, play some golf. If that's your thing, uh, that might be a, that might be a nice away trip on, on the West. I like that. An expansion club right out of the chute. <laughs> Jake, when's our tea time? When, when I look up that road trip, cause I, I, I am with you on that. I love golf and I love that town. And that is a road trip that Darren and I have discussed going on several times. So 
we'll go ahead and book a tea time for us. Yeah, you organize that with Frank Yellow. He'll sort you out. Okay, perfect. <laughs> it's on the record. I'm glad you said it. Cool. That's all my rapid fire questions. Darren, do you have any more left? In I have the... one last one. We've seen okay. San Diego, Detroit, Monterey over the last couple of years. What, what's what's next? Where do you I where do you eyeball expansion in the future? Well, um, there's only a little bit of expansion left to go. There's a couple of you know, really exciting opportunities, I think, for the championship um, before that uh, expansion window closes over the next couple of seasons. Um, so, I mean, we've got our eye on one or two markets there. We've, you know, it takes time because we want these teams to come in with with the uh, proper stadium or a stadium plan. So we, you know, we we don't see those coming through uh, at least uh, over the next probably two seasons, really, into twenty four. Um, uh, you'll, uh, as we say, we're working with Queens, New York's come in in, in 23 uh, and they're building a stadium in Queens there. Um, so a little bit more expansion in the championship and then a significant amount of expansion in league one. Uh, that's also, a, you know, at the moment, a single table, uh, league. We want to break that out into an East and a West conference. We've got a, quite a few exciting, um, announcements coming over the, over the next few months in league one. So you'll see a lot of, a lot of growth there. And then also, we have the super, uh, excuse me, W League that's kicking off this year. Um, um, you know, our first uh, our first uh, step back into uh, the uh, the women's game, and we've got forty three clubs across USL Championship League One, League Two. Forty three clubs. It's, a, it's a, an amazing start uh, for the W League, um, and that is our pre professional elite collegiate player league. Uh, you know, uh, summer summer window that they will compete. Uh, and then following that, full professional league, Super League, starting um, uh, with about 12 teams kicking off in 2023 and growing from there. Um, so you see a lot of expansion uh, across the Super League and League One specifically. And then there'll be a few more teams coming in um, uh, into the championship over the next three seasons. Jake, uh, we really appreciate you taking time with us this morning. It's been a fun opening couple of years here in San Diego. We absolutely love having Loyal in our community and the impact that they've made in such a short amount of time. And for the first time this year, just as supporters, just talking as fans here, Loyal get to participate in the Open Cup for the first time ever this year. That's a huge deal for us. We're very, very excited for it. And that was a huge reason, not just we were excited to be part of USL Championship, but when I found out a club was coming, I knew a big part of that was being able to play in the Open Cup. So we look forward to that coming up this year for the first time thank you so much and uh, we appreciate you just talking about how you picture the league in the next decade or so and how it's gone so far for you thank you so much yeah thanks for having me and thanks to all your supporters for sticking with us um i was there at your home opener and we had a great crowd uh, and then all the lights turned off didn't they for a while and then everyone's come back and had a tough uh not quite a full season last year so this really is the first full season for the loyal and supporters there and, and i know they're going to really get behind the team and enjoy uh the matches this season so thanks again for everyone sticking with us and, and thanks for supporting the team there and thank you you guys for having me on your show thank you phoenix getting away a little bit from there back and forth rotation here is Blake. back of the net long range again for jack Blake. Jack Blake, we talked about him already. He can shoot from distance and Quinn's a little too late to step to him, gives him the opportunity. You let Jack Blake have the half a window. He is going to take that chance. It's an incredible finish by Blake. Thanks again to USL President Jake Edwards. A good follow on Twitter. Hopefully, Jordan, to your point, we see him back out here for a match this season. We saw him that March 7th, and then, as he said, the lights turned off 
on the world. So looking forward to that as well. And do appreciate everything. Any key takeaways from our conversation with El Presidente? He has no concern about LD's fashion. That was one <laughs> of my key takeaways. I was interested how he was going to answer the question during the rapid fire segment on if he would prefer to win the league that he's in or winning the FA Cup. He said league rather quickly. Um, the reason I asked that question is just because of the similarities between the FA Cup and the Open Cup that we have here in the U.S., and now San Diego Loyal getting the opportunity to participate in that for the very first time. It's, it's an exciting tournament to be a part of for the first time. And recently, Darren, we found out who San Diego Loyal will actually be playing in what is technically the second round of this cup. But this is something we haven't been able to participate in in 2020 or 2021. And here we go in year three. We get our first chance. And as expected, we get to take on a team that we know quite well here in San Diego. Yeah, I'll be in San Diego taking on San Diego Loyal out of the USL Championship. Date to be determined. We do have a venue, though, Canyon Crest Academy, which is in San Diego, part of the county I'm, I'm not that familiar with. I'm sure others are, Jordan, you might be. But, yeah, we have our very first ever opponent in the U.S. Open Cup. No big surprise here. I think everybody knew it was going to be Albion. It was certainly going to be geographic-based. But here you go. This is now the opportunity. I mean, that was one of the things, if we had more time, that we could have asked Jake Edwards, what would it mean to have a USL club win the U.S. Open Cup? What would be amazing? <laughs> I mean, you know, this is another where, you know, I get that that there's a lot of people who are predisposed to think, well, you know, it's, it's you know, what what is it exactly? I'm not sure what the, the benefit of winning such a thing is, but man, I mean, it, it would be massive, especially given the exposure to go on a run, to make a run in the U.S. Open Cup. Maybe playing some of these MLS clubs in preseason you know, gives you a little bit of insight as to how you stack up against the top level of the sport in the U.S. But, man, I can't wait to get that one going. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. It's easy to look ahead in these tournaments at the opportunities to play MLS clubs down the line, but it should not be overlooked at these early matchups where you have to get through – one of the other clubs here in your own town that you know absolutely would love to eliminate you from this tournament. So uh, San Diego Loyal will not be playing that match at Torero Stadium. They will be playing it at Canyon Crest Academy. Date and time to be determined. But that's just part of the conversation of the 2022 year, and that's going to be part of our story as we tell that story for San Diego Loyal this season. But I thought Jake was really good, gave us a little bit on the Open Cup, promotion, relegation, some stadium talk. I know everyone loves stadium chatter. Uh, and just the growth of the league. Where is it headed and what's going to happen and what are the changes and how do we make it better? So really good conversation with Jake Edwards. So exciting on the promotion relegation. You really sort of wonder what that would be like since it would be the first time that we would see it in the U.S., what that might look like. Now, I know for some, if it's not involving Major League Soccer, some would say, well, I'm not sure that I understand what the whole purpose of it is. But I think even inside of a structure here, inside of the USL, when you're built for it, and you have you know, that type of capability. I, I, I mean, imagine you know, already some of these European leagues, Jordan, I think as you and I both know, they feel like they're done at the top. Still a race for the top four, but imagine being in a, a, a relegation fight at the end of the season and all the excitement that comes with that that you and I have seen and watched. Imagine if you could take that, harness that, and put that into the U.S. soccer structure. Man, I think it'd be great. I think it'd be a winner myself. You know, especially you know, given that that it seems like the appetite in the U.S. from where I sit 
as it relates to, to drafts and tanking has soured. So if you then presented an opportunity to show real consequences for what happens when you finish last, not a reward for finishing last, not an incentive for finishing last, I bet you people would be gravitating towards that that otherwise might not gravitate towards the sport. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're absolutely right. Really good stuff from Jake Edwards, the president of USL Championship. We thank him for joining us on episode three of the Always Loyal podcast. We ask you to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, iHeart, all the fun places that you can find this podcast. Darren, chat with you for episode four next week. Peace out.